views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. The following audio is via a Skype call. Get ready to challenge conventional beliefs about what's possible in creating health, wealth, and happiness. You are listening to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge. This hit show is providing you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. It is time to open and expand your awareness, accelerate your well-being as Megan shares wisdom, teachings, and experience from a lifelong journey of the heart. Enact the power of radical change with ease and lift your desires to a new perspective. Now, here's Playing on the Edge Radio. Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Pat and I'm here with Megan Edge. And it's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on for a lot of reasons. And let me tell you why. I get to hang out with Megan all the time. What we do is we think about how we're going to bring a positive message into the world. But more importantly, how about positive and powerful? And Mm. Jessica and I were just talking about this because of a direction we have finally made a decision we're going to go. But why is it that we can't think about ourselves from the perspective of authenticity and being powerful? Or how about the energy of authenticity? How about the audacity of it? And what if we could be all of that? Today's show is all about what if you wore no masks? Mm. Um, Megan, thank you for today. Um, I want to talk with you a minute about your your what you've said yes to in your life and your work as it relates to today's show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you work with women 24-7. You work with people all over the world. Mm-hmm. And for you, you have landed at the place in your life where you've said, it's got to be authentic or it just ain't. Exactly. And yet, there are so many challenges to that. What have you learned and what are you you're bringing forth in the work that you do every day? Well, Pat, it's such a journey the whole way along. And as we've been planning for this show, I've been doing a lot of soul searching and going back into my own story and looking at what were the really early challenges that I experienced coming out of my family of origin. And you know, bless my mother, I loved her to pieces. She passed away many years ago, about 20 years ago when I was about 33. And she taught me some amazing and beautiful things about myself and how to show up in the world. She also gave me a lot of her baggage around all of that. And for her, her biggest challenge was in the worry about what everybody else thought of her and what everybody else's experience of her was. And she passed that on to me. And for a long time, I resisted it. I didn't take it. I said, Mom, no one's going to see when I'm walking down the street that I'm your daughter. So if I don't look perfect, no one's going to care, especially as we're in Toronto, for goodness sakes. There's millions of people here. Seriously, they're not going to care that I'm not wearing a bra or that I've got a tear in my jeans. But these were the things that mattered to her when I was in my my teenage years. And I, I was very successful at keeping her need for acceptance 
at bay, not letting it become my own. But then as I became an adult and moved into relationships with other people, especially those significant primary relationships, those partnerships, yeah, I started to lose that sense of myself as being an uh, independent and authentic individual and allowed myself to fall into trying to meet somebody else's need of me and somebody else's expectation of me. And I ended up doing what I think a lot of women especially do, but I'm not men do it as well. Um, I ended up wrapping myself in packaging in order to be acceptable to the other person. And and by that, I mean specifically like lingerie, for example. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> now, I have nothing against lingerie. And if lingerie works for you and it makes you feel special and fantastic, then that's awesome. But it didn't for me. I was more of a sweatpants and sweatshirt kind of girl. I was more of a put on a big men's cotton shirt and wear my, my ankle socks around the house. The idea of stepping into something frilly and tight and uncomfortable really wasn't who I was and it wasn't how I wanted to show up in an intimate relationship with someone. And yet, somewhere along the way, I lost my own ability to say, this is who I am. Warts, bumps, bruises, scars and all. And either you see me and love me up or you don't. And if you don't, then we have a different conversation. And clearly this connection is no longer what it could have been, should have been, or needs uh, to be any longer. I love that we get to stand up and step up and acknowledge who we are. Okay, so me, mm-hmm. there's a song by Stevie Nicks, maybe Benny could dig it up, mm. that describes me to a T. Okay. It's called Leather and Lace. Mm. Uh, And that song is me to a T. And as a matter of fact, I don't wear leather leather anymore, except I will say to you guys out there, don't email me on this. Have an old leather motorcycle jacket. You have to wear leather on a motorcycle, okay? But, you know, what I want to say about it is this is me, you know, Mm -hmm. a lace shirt and Mm -hmm. some form of leather. It's me. It always has been. Uh, I'm that blend of that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a person that loves twinkly lights. So today's show, you get to see my twinkly lights in the background. And people say, man, is that you or are you showboating? Mm. And I'm like, no. It, yeah. It's me. Yeah. It really is me. Yeah. Um, isn't that the challenge for us of how to show up yeah. as who we are? Absolutely. And I'm I'm so glad that you talked about a theme song, you know, the Stevie Nicks song for you. For me, it's Green Eyed Lady by Sugarloaf. <laughs> so let's see if we can get that one out there, too. <laughs> Child of nature, friend of man. You know, we aren't just one persona. Uh, and when we talk about what would it be like to not wear masks, what I mean by that is, what would it be like if you just let yourself show up And allow people to have their experience of you without getting hooked into validating yourself through what you think is their experience of you or trying to fit yourself into somebody else's idea of who you are. I have lots of different people in my life. So I associate with different groups of people. I have different tribes and I'm not necessarily the same person for each of those tribes. If I go to a family dinner, I'm not... The same parts of my personality don't necessarily come through like when I'm in a session with somebody, right? There's There's a different aspect of myself. The therapist shows up versus the mom showing up. And I'm not being untrue to myself by 
allowing myself to be differently seen or differently experienced in these different areas of my life. Instead, what I think I'm doing or what I feel I'm doing is, is knowing when those parts of myself are best able to shine within the company that I am in. And I couldn't be a therapist 100% of the time. Right? I couldn't be with my clients 24-7. That wouldn't be balanced. But also being a mother, I'm not going to be doing that 24 hours a day. Well, maybe. <laughs> but you know what I mean. I can step out of that and, and allow myself to have that experience of me. Mm-hmm. I was well, looking- but isn't that what we're talking about today, too, is mm-hmm. that this is time for a new narrative on authenticity, authentic living. And what about, you know, having that aspect of it? with a a sense of audacity, a nature of tenacity, you know, what's wrong with us being that in the world? You know, somebody was watching my blooper video for the holiday and I've got a new Nick, I've got a new label now. People are like, girl, you're a hoot. (laughs) And I thought, I really am. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and this is what I'm talking about, it being a journey. It's not that we want to try to get ourselves to a place where we know everything about ourselves, because that's not possible. We are constantly evolving and and coming up against circumstances and situations that we do not know how we're going to respond to because they haven't happened to us before. So when those kinds of experiences show up that are new for us, if we do have a solid idea of our core sense of who we are, the truth of who we are, it's easier for us to navigate that new circumstance or situation in our true authenticity rather than having to try to figure out a way of being accepted in whatever that circumstance is. Uh, does that make sense in terms yeah, of this, it does, this conversation? Because, yeah. yeah, because, I mean, look at how uncomfortable, Megan, is it for us not to show up as ourselves? I know I did it a bunch of years Um, I know that when I go back to my first corporate job and working, and I started to work at a really young age, um, uh, one of the things that I realized is that we never really in the workplace back in the day, Mm -hmm. as women coming into the workforce, um, when it was unusual for women and people of color to be in the workforce and to be elevated, Mm -hmm. Um, that in order to get that way, our generation took a lot of grief for not being authentic. And so we had to learn how Mm -hmm. to be authentic later in life. Mm -hmm. You know, why do you think that there are so many of us that left the corporate world that have become entrepreneurs? Yeah, because there's not a fit, right? Mm -hmm. And as you say, Trying to be somebody else, somebody that is not in in alignment with who you are or who you came here to be, trying to fit yourself into what you think somebody else's expectations are of you is exhausting. It's exhausting. You can feel how heavy that is to be in a constant state of agitated awareness, making sure that you're meeting other people's expectations, that you think are other people's expectations of you. And eventually, it will lead to illness. It will lead to breakdown. It will lead to sickness. It will lead to injury. It will lead to some event in your life. We talked about this, I think, in the first episode about that that wake-up call. There will be a wake-up call 
that will pull that carpet of illusion that you've created for yourself out from underneath you to give you the opportunity to start asking some of these really fundamental questions of what it is to be you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about this in so much more today because authenticity shows up in many, many ways and many, many faces. So, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that we started to talk about, we'll continue talking about is how many faces does fear have? Mm -hmm. Because fear is that thing that would hold us back from being our authentic selves, right? And if fear is running our life, if fear is in the pilot seat, then faith is not, trust is not, belief in Mm ourselves is not. Mm -hmm. And so what is it that fear will create that we truly don't want? And how does moving beyond that take us to our heart? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that when we come back. Megan Edge, right here today. When we come back, we're going to bust through some fear, maybe some crust. And when we come back, (laughs) we're going to talk about how you can tap into your heart to annihilate and disintegrate fear. We'll be right back. Beautiful. to The Truth is Funny with Colette Stephan each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Integrate spirituality into your everyday lives on Universe Soul Heart Radio. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Kathleen Johnson explores the concept of sensible spirituality, keeping you grounded, connected, and centered on the path to wholeness. Kathleen has dedicated her life to facilitating holistic healing and wholeness in others. Listen to Universe Soul Heart Radio and learn how to flourish, grow, and impact all we do on planet Earth. For more information, go to universesoulheart.net. Now you can be a part of one of the most powerful programs to help create a more joyful, loving, abundant, and peaceful world. Every day at 12 noon in any time zone, join millions of other people around the world to spend a few minutes in joy, love, and gratitude. Brought to you by Robert Schoenfeld, host of the Art of Powerful Living Radio. Together, we can raise the vibration of the planet. For more information, visit globalmomentofjoy.com. What is a brilliant culture, and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. 
Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit GlennaRice.com. Are you ready to make deep, lasting, transformative changes? Then tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio for Susanna Jameson's hit show, Love Light Sound Radio. During her show, Susanna inspires and supports spiritually and health-conscious individuals all over the world to reconnect with their hearts, their inner peace, and balance. Love Light Sound Radio. Transformation happens here now. For more information, visit SusannaJameson.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in, turn us on. Megan Edge is here because why? Yeah, you're listening to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge and me, Dr. Pat. You know, we get together each month and what we do is we bring you the conversations, the topics that you're asking for. You know, today we're finding the conversation about authenticity and becoming powerful, audacious even. What is the energy of that? What is the aura of that? And yeah, auras, authenticity, audacity, or audacious, oh my. What if you wore no masks? What would that look like? Mm -hmm. And I think today we're covering the journey of what that could mean in our individual lives. You know, how many faces does fear have? And how do we move from fear to that heart-centered place? Mm -hmm. And why is that important? And Megan, you know, before we jump into this and talk about the truth of it, Um, what is the work that you do? How can people find out more about it? Because, you know, you're working with people every day to Mm -hmm. help create this shift, right? Yes, absolutely. It's such a a passionate place for me to help empower people to see their value and understand their worth. And I know what that journey is. And so in the work that I do, I recognize this as a journey. And I I recognize those places of vulnerability that we go to. And I recognize the courage that it takes to say, I'm not living my life on purpose. And I need to know what that purpose is and how to do that. In my own experience of that and that facing those fears that we're talking about, And for example, the Heart's Journey, the uh, Healing Hearts Oracle Cards and Guidebook that I've created with Hay House and Balboa Press, to stand into that story that I share in the guidebook of my own life and what was happening in my marriage at the time and the um, (laughs) eye-opening heart, what would it be, Um, heart paths that, that I realized I had to follow in order for that story to become known to me and then for me to be able to have the courage to share it with others, others, I had to go into all of those fear places around what my value was and what my worth was. And the most beautiful thing that's come out of this is, is now how I do the work I do and the systems that I use in helping people 
recognize their own value and then also teaching other people how to do the work I do, how to become healers. And you can find a lot of that information on my website if you go to meganedge.ca, uh, also through the books that I've written and the courses that I teach. The, I want to empower each of us to know what our worth is and to recognize that worth. And, and to do that, we do need to go into that story of where we've come from and how we've lived the life that we've, that we've lived and the experiences that we've had and taking ownership and responsibility for our participation in that, which we will look at later on in the show as well, looking at some of the ways in which we can, we can do that. Well, I mean, and, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day about this being, you know, the perfect time in the world to bring things forward. Mm. I mean, numerologists are talking about it. Astrologers are talking about it. But beyond all of that, you know, people feel a calling to bring things forward. But mm -hmm. fear is kind of an interesting, you know, bedfellow, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the many faces of fear that show up prevent yeah. us from tapping into our heart, which then prevents us, as you would say, to showing up and practicing authenticity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what are some know, of those faces and how do we get beyond them, Megan? Mm, that's such a good question. Actually, it covers me with goosebumps. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I think about, well, one of the things that I really want to... Um, impress upon our listeners and our viewers is that fear is not something to be feared. There is a purpose in that, that experience of fear when it comes to the surface. And what I would invite everyone to do is to start working with those fears instead of either succumbing to them, letting them lead, or pushing them away. They're showing up for a reason. They have something to tell you about some of the truths that you may be living that are not actually your deepest self. So you may believe it to be true that if you show up as who you are with all of your warts and bumps and foibles and scars and all of that, that people won't like you. That may be the fear that's coming to the surface, right? And so you put on that mask of acceptability or that mask of beauty that you think is what people want from you. What if instead you started to ask the fear why it's showing up for you, what its purpose is, right? So that the fear then becomes your ally. It becomes something that is trying to tell you or show you the truth about yourself. And it's giving you the opportunity to question what you believe to be true, to determine whether or not it actually is true for you. So let's say one of your biggest fears is that you're not good enough. And that fear surfaces every time you have to step in front of a group of people. And you have this internal dialogue of, I'm not good enough. They're going to laugh at me. They're going to think I'm saying something dumb. What if you took a moment and just asked, where's that coming from? Whose voice is that? Who first gave you that fear? And actually, is that fear yours? Mm-hmm. And is it even true? And, and if you're going to show up and you're going to speak in front of a group of people and they are going to laugh at you, well, that's nothing to do with you. That's all about them mm. and what their insecurities are. And so you see, you can I can demonstrate to you how you can take that fear and instead of just accepting it as being real, you can work with it in a different way and allow yourself to move away from the, the allow yourself to move away from the fear by understanding the source of it. And then yeah. deciding if you still need it or not. Yeah. You know, I love that every day we have opportunities to really make that movement and, you mm -hmm. know, move past those pivotal points. Um, you know, a number of years back, I had a lesson from Shirley MacLaine. 
Mm. And I was her opening act on a on an event in Seattle. And I remember getting to the stage and really worrying about logistics. And, you know, because that's what I do. I want to make sure, you know, I'm not Shirley MacLaine. I'm like the one that, that's opening up the thing. So it's mm-hmm. not about me. And I remember, you know, how frozen everybody was. Mm-hmm. You know, that frozen look of fear. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. Like, like you ask somebody a question and they're like looking at you. And I'm, yeah. I'm like, where's Shirley? And they're like, look at you like, uh, it's just a question. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is I learned an invaluable lesson that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I've jumped out of planes. I've skydived. Um, I've been in deep water and I don't know how to swim. That's just stupid. But that's another thing. Um, but speaking in front of thousands of people, I never saw myself doing it. Mm. Sometimes we have right. mentors that can help us along the way. Yeah. What have you learned? My heart is racing 100 miles an hour. My lips are quivering. I'm so nervous to present to you today. And as soon as I say that, they all go, oh, yeah, <laughs> I totally know what you're talking about. I totally know what you're feeling. And I've even said in front of a group of people, anybody want to come up and give this workshop instead of me? Because I'd be totally cool with that. Yeah. It it yeah. breaks the ice and it lets yeah. people see that I'm just as I'm just the same as everybody else. Yeah. The fact and, you that know, I, have- I, I think we, let's go ahead and skip this break because I want to go ahead and talk about this further. Um, you've learned how to name it. See, that's what I hear you saying you yes. did. Yes. You named it, but you yeah. didn't keep it a secret anymore. No. And boy, we want to keep our fear a secret. Mm-hmm. Well, that's part of the judgment. That's the fear of judgment that we have or the fear fear of being ridiculed. And and these are very real experiences that people have had. I don't mean to dismiss at all how challenging it is to say, I'm ready to face my fears and I'm ready to stand in my authenticity. In fact, I'm ready to find out what that even is. Because for a lot of our growing up and a lot of our cultural expectations of ourselves, we're not taught to be ourselves. We're not taught that we're okay just as we are. Do you remember that mm-hmm. book from the 1970s, I'm Okay, You're Okay? Oh, totally. Free to I be totally you and me. You remember that, that book? I love that book. I grew yeah. up with that book. Yeah. I embraced so much of what was in that that yeah. book. And I and I feel like a lot of those lessons that were in that book became my go-to for when I would feel those fears of judgment or fears of being laughed at or, or fears of, of ridicule. One of the things that I tell all my students, especially my, my healer students, first of all, it's practice, not perfection, Right. When you go to do a session for somebody as a practice, it's a practice. This whole life is a practice. We're not here to be perfect. We're here to practice being us, being ourselves. Some people will laugh at you. Big deal. Some people won't laugh at you. Right? I know. Some people will love you and some people won't. (laughs) 
but we still have to be us. I, I remember yeah. a story of, uh, I had a boss that was borderline abusive. Now we, what do we call them? Bo- bullying bosses or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, the latest study came out said that the statistics of workers that want to literally kill their bosses is so high. Mm-hmm. That really talks to the behavior. And I remember this guy pounding, pounding. He's like pounding on the big, the big mahogany conference table. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's pounding. He's like, you this, and you did that. And you did that. And you're this, and you're that. And I just sat there and I said, Hey, Phil, you know what? Sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never harm me. And you could hear a pin drop in the room and laughter broke out. Mm -hmm. And You know, that was the only thing I could think of, a childhood poem that my mom taught me because I was always being called some kind of name somewhere. I mean, and that and, you know, it might sound silly, but that was my heart not lashing back out because Mm -hmm. don't we have to learn not to lash back at lash out from fear Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. And, and again, it takes practice. Uh, I, I was about a year ago, and I was talking with a client, and I said something about having a bad day. I think I was, I, I said, I'm feeling really grumpy today. And she looked at me and she said, you, you, you feel grumpy sometimes? And I said, yes, of course, I feel grumpy sometimes. Oh, she said, I'm so happy to hear that. So she put me on this pedestal. Yeah. You know, when we talk about our truth, yeah. and we, we talk about these fears, if we let the fear be the thing that, that runs the show, then yes, we will lash out at people. And yes, we will, we'll, we will not see where we stop and the other person starts. And we won't be able to see what's theirs and what isn't ours. And so while it is true that names can be very hurtful, it's not the word itself, it's the intention behind it. It's totally what the other is. person is trying to do with that name calling. So what I have taught my daughters is that you are not what somebody tells you you are just because they say so. Mm. Right? So I had somebody say to me one time, you're a monster. And I had to step back for a moment and go, wow, okay. Where's that coming from? And is that true? And you know, maybe their experience of my behavior was monstrous, that I was being monstrous. That could be. But even that is their stuff. It's not mine. Yeah. And so just because somebody says you're a monster or somebody says you're selfish or somebody says you're a failure doesn't mean you are unless you let it be true for you. Yeah. I love this because now we're talking about what it means to really first of all, understand we're not being authentic and true to ourselves. There's a little Mm -hmm. light bulb that goes on inside. We know it, Megan. We know it. We know every moment we open our mouths and we show up at something when we've got a mask on. And I'm not saying that throwing a mask on every once in a while is unhealthy. I'm not saying that, right? But there's a level of authenticity that is absolutely perfect. And that's what we're going to talk about now because... Why do we think being authentic is imperfection? We do that. Mm. Well, it is imperfection. Our authentic selves are this beautiful jumble 
of everything that we've experienced in our lives, every event that's happened to us, every response we've ever had to any of the external circumstances and people. And none of it's perfect. It is imperfect. You know, it's something that comes to mind is the the photographs that are in the heart's journey, the the oracle cards. These are yeah. the p- pictures that I took in nature. These are these are imperfect hearts, every single mm. one of them, right? Mm. And and what I was what I was looking for with these hearts was that imperfection, because I had tried so hard for twenty three years in a marriage to be the perfect heart for my husband and. I couldn't be the perfect heart for him. And I, and in that, I lost sense of my own heart. So these, these heart images that I started to find as I was stepping out of that marriage and trying to understand the path that I was on, they were so perfect in their imperfection. They were there to remind me that, that everything is an opportunity for me to grow, to recognize, to acknowledge, and to really look at myself from this place of total compassion. Mm-hmm. Because every everything we've ever done in in our life, we've only ever done it from the place that we were in that moment, mm-hmm. right? With what we knew, with what our experiences were, doing our best to figure it all out. Yeah. And we didn't come here to be perfect. We came here to be human. And there's a whole lot to that. <laughs> there is a whole lot to that. You know, um, I was thinking about this the other day and somebody, and it's the same story, you know, as the people around me were frozen on this day at mm. Benna Royal Hall, where we were getting ready to do this, I started to feel, you know, I, I mean, now I can call it what was going to be my worst nightmare. Mm. And so my worst nightmare was going to be if I actually had to be face to face with the most amazing Shirley MacLaine, right? Mm-hmm. You know, now you can know what you want to know about her. But yet up to that point, I had been so looking forward to meeting her. But Mm -hmm. in a nanosecond, the Mm -hmm. energy started to shift. And all of a sudden, Britt comes out, her assistant, and says, which one of you is Dr. Pat? And I'm like, (laughs) like that. And she says, Shirley wants to see you in the green room. Off I went. And I spent the hour and a half that I thought I was going to need to prep Mm-hmm. sitting and talking with these two and eating grapes and having <laughs> a blast. And when it was over, Megan, yeah. Shirley grabbed me and said, and said, show me the stage. And we looked at the stage and she said, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I'm going to introduce you. Yeah. And she said, no, what are you going to do? How are you going to do it? Show me what you're going to do. Show me. Mm-hmm. And what happened with me was, I said, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to talk about this and I have a little exercise. She said, no, let me show you how to work a stage. Mm. And if I would let my fear show up, mm-hmm. I would have missed an invaluable lesson that no one ever taught me how to do. Right. And what she was saying is what you're saying, because there's one thing we know about Shirley MacLaine. Mm-hmm. She is her own person. Mm-hmm. That is about as authentic as you're going to get from anybody. I mean, this is the actor that wrote a book that almost everybody in the world said, have you lost your mind? (laughs) Yes. But that's from Paul. What can you help us with to have that level show up? 
because my life changed forever mm. because someone was willing to show me how to be myself and yeah. I didn't know how. You know, one of the first things that happens to our body physiologically when we go into a fear and place of fear is we stop breathing. Mm. We hold our breath and we wait to see what's going to happen. What if you just took a nice deep breath and stepped into it and just said, okay, okay, I'm going to show up. I'm going to allow people to see me. I'm going to allow them to make up their mind about me. And I'm going to not let myself get hooked into what their experience of me is. Because, in fact, I have no control over what their experience of me is. And you can just literally let it go. Put it down. What other people's experiences are of you is 100% what their story is. And if you can really let that be your knowing... It is so much easier to step into a room to meet somebody, to put your hand out and shake them and say, hi, here I am. Yeah. I am. Actually, an exercise that I get a lot of my students to do when we sit in circle and we introduce ourselves is to say, I am Megan or I am Pat, not my name is. To say the I am. Oh, it's so powerful, though, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's funny because I am uh, and what everybody knows me as in the show is Dr. Pat, which, of course, I've shared the story countless times. I didn't come up with that. Mm -hmm. I never shared that I had a Ph.D. It was the last thing in the planet that I wanted anybody to know. I was yeah. so ashamed of it. And mm. somehow Benny and the listeners started to tease me. And out of it came a caller that says, have I called into the Dr. Pat show? No. It wasn't called that. Mm -hmm. And I had a moment, and I want to ask you about those moments. Mm -hmm. You see it every day when you're working with people. You teach people in circle. You see their face. You see the energy change. Those are moments. Mm -hmm. But I've had so many of those that I've missed in my life. This one wasn't one of them. Right. But there's so many. How can you yeah. help people to stand in their truth fully presently and proudly. I don't think we mm. use the word proudly enough mm -hmm. in today's world. Yes. You know, there's so many different ways that we can do this, this kind of work. I don't know that there's any one in particular that works the best because each of us is different. So what I've done is to create a healing system that, that provides all kinds of different tools and different kinds of techniques that help chip away at that armor that we surround ourselves in and those masks that don't seem to move in order to get a peek at and then to really fully see the individual behind those masks. And one of the very first things that I do when a new client comes in to, to work with me is to let them know that the space they're walking into is one of no judgment and no apology. And I swear, Pat, usually within about five minutes of somebody hearing that, of somebody receiving permission to leave all their judgments at the door and to show up and just be who they are and be proud of that, they dissolve into tears. It hits a chord. It strikes a chord where they can just let that down and they can take that breath and they can say, okay, I'll let you see me. It's so beautiful to, to watch that. And you know, some of the things we've talked about today, learning what your fears are and how to work with your fears, um, 
are are these ways that we can we can do that? And actually, a really fun exercise that I do with my students is to recognize who's showing up. <clears throat> so we have inside of ourselves lots of parts of ourselves, right? The inner critic, the doubting demon, and the backpedaler are three of my favorites. These three show up in spades. They're accompanied by our wise warrior, or our, our divine essence, our wise warrior, and our inner goddess or inner god. But those second three, we don't connect with them as often as we let the doubting demon and the inner critic and the backpedaler show up. So what I invite my students to do, and I invite all of our viewers and listeners to do this as well, is take a piece of paper and a pen and write those names down, the doubting demon, the inner critic, and the backpedaler, and give them a name. The first name that comes into your mind, call them George, call them Bob, call them Sally, call them yourself, and start having conversations with them as they show up. Start to recognize when it's a doubting demon moment, when it's an inner critic moment, when it's a backpedaler moment, and, and sit in and conversation with them, sit in conversation with them. And once you understand who these parts of yourself are, you can then invite them to go play in the sandbox because really it's a very child energy, these three. And then you can invite the other three to come in and be the parts of yourself that you show up with on a regular basis. So that inner warrior, that wise woman or that wise man, that divine goddess or God, that sense of yourself as being present to these aspects of who you are. And again, you're not dismissing the first three. You're giving them something else to do <laughs> to distract them so that you can show up in the wisdom that is yours. Yeah. One of the things that I love about this is, you know, we're talking about who we are. Now, for me, I play table tennis, you know, I like to play, I love the game. I played in my 20s and the people that I play with don't know much about me. It's like you were just talking about it. They mm -hmm. don't know about me. They don't know. But every once in a while, somebody will say, what do you do? Mm. Have you ever get that question, Megan? That is such what a... What do you say when people oh my gosh. say, hey, what do you do, <laughs> Megan? What, what is it you say? I'm curious. I... Yes, I was on the spot right are you, Yeah, well, and it is. And it's something that I've worked with so many times. One of my, my business mentors, Sage Levine, absolutely beautiful woman, love her to pieces. She and I would go head to head on this every time. She'd say, who's your niche? Who's your who's your, your sacred client or whatever it is? Um, what do you do? What's the elevator speech? And I would say to her, Sage, there was so much that I do. I'm not sure that I can put it in a box and put a bow around it. She said, you've got to come up with something. I said, okay, I'm a healer. And she said, no, you're a healer's healer. I was like, oh, well, I'm not sure I want to own that. And she said, no, you're going to own that. <laughs> then she said, you're a master healer. She was one of the people that gave me that title that I now use. And I use it with pride now. But when it was first given to me, like you, I, I didn't want it. Who am I to show up in the world and call myself a master healer? Good Lord, shouldn't I have spent decades and decades learning all these things? And what she mirrored back to me was, no, this is who you are. You have mastered all of these different kinds of ways of helping people, including teaching healers to become healers. She said, you are a master healer. You need to own that. So I still say to people, I'm a healer. And where that takes the conversation is either, uh... <laughs> And they go blank or really well what does that mean what 
what do you do with that? There's no one answer for me. There's no one answer. I don't know. If I said to you, Pat, what do you I do? I had to come up with a soundbite. I mean, you know, <laughs> I had to come up with a soundbite. And because I don't, I'm the same as you. Hmm. Um, I'm the same. And I remember being asked this question uh, in that infamous green room, I guess. Or I don't know. I I get the question asked a lot to me. And one of the things that I used to say is I used to spend hours, you know, relentlessly trying to explain what I do. Mm -hmm. And, And then out of my mouth one day said, I'm passionate about helping other people help themselves. Right. And, yeah. and then I realized, okay, the follow-up questions are, that's where you get into trouble, right? Mm-hmm. Because then the question is, oh, well, are you a care worker? And mm-hmm. I thought, I help people create a powerful voice in the world. Right. And that's what I love to do. I love to help other people create a powerful voice in the world. And, you know, part of that is learning from others. I don't know, Megan, what I don't know today. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's an image of me taking the stage at that event I mentioned where I gave people as a result of that mentorship. And we're talking about mentoring others, Mm -hmm. a belly button exercise. So I'm up there opening up this thing for her and I'm teaching people a belly button exercise (laughs) and it's, it has to do with what you're saying. Yeah. I didn't plan it. So I want to ask you this question. What are the best tools and tips that you can share with us today about standing in our truth in, in those moments as well as others, but in those moments Mm. where we may doubt ourselves the most. Right. Do you know why we get nervous? Tell, tell me. We get nervous because we want to do a good job. Oh. It matters to us that we do a good job, whatever that job is. So the next time you're feeling nervous about something, think about that. You're not feeling nervous because you're not good enough. You're not feeling nervous because you're not prepared. You're not feeling nervous because you don't think you can do this. You're feeling nervous because you want to do a good job for the people that you're showing up for. It was something that Doreen Virtue said when I was doing her training 10, 11 years ago now. When you're nervous, think of service. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. And, we, and we've, we've talked about this. Just show up and let people experience you. Learn from your fears know who these inner critics are, these doubting demons, where these words are, where this voice is coming from. Do your work around determining what is your truth and what might be somebody else's that you've been given. Like the example from earlier on in the show, when I said, my mother gave me this fear of judgment. She gave it to me and I said, okay, I'll carry that for you. And then I spent the rest of her life trying to tell her what a beautiful and amazing woman she was, but she couldn't hear it because she was still in that, that fear, that judgment. Right. And then I had to work really diligently to step out of what wasn't mine. So it's doing that work around finding out what your core limiting beliefs are and what your core truths are about yourself. And it's really about having that conversation with yourself or having it with your best friend and saying to them, who do you think I am? Right. Like you and I were talking about this at the break. Yeah. Who do let let somebody else tell you who they think you are 
Because in their experience of you, there may be some insight that's really helpful for you to really see your value and your worth through how they have experienced you. And it can also really shine a light on the things that you have been telling yourself that nobody else is actually seeing. Right, right. Yeah. You know, part of this is so important in today's message because we are bombarded left and right. Um, you know, the but the direction of our work has changed considerably from mm-hmm. what people are looking at today as radio. We we hardly ever refer to ourselves as a radio organization now, although we have built it as a cornerstone for messaging mm-hmm. and we built technology that does that really, really well. But because all of you have said you know, you you guys are much more than that. Can you describe that for the world? And I got to say, mm-hmm. Megan, we're working on it. It's a work <laughs> in progress um, because the passion has it's the same. We help yeah. other people create powerful voices for themselves. That's what we do. Right. And yet the outer world wants us to explain ourselves. How have mm. you found that to be? for yourself and the people you work with when they are stuck in this place of I'm learning about myself. I Mm -hmm. don't know how to Mm -hmm. talk about myself, but I know I'm in here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I love what you just said about I'm a work in progress. Yeah, I am. Right. (laughs) But we all are. And, And wouldn't it be amazing if when somebody said to you, well, who are you? And you could say, I'm a work in progress. That's who I am. I'm a work in progress. Right. Because you're not your work. Your work is not your worth. But your work is a part of how you show up in the world. <laughs> the, the question of how, how do we change our sense of self is, I, can, I could give you an answer. I could say, get, become confident. I could say, walk into a room and say, hi, here I am, and let people have their experience of you. I can give you that. But until you're willing to practice it and fall down sometimes mm-hmm. and go back into some old rhetoric about your value and your worth, and mm-hmm. it, but in an awareness of this is the work in progress, I can talk till I'm blue in the face. It's not going to have any impact unless you're willing to do the work that you need to do to embrace your own self with a sense of compassion. And I'll I'll tell you, I was teaching this past weekend, I was doing, I have a a healing system called Intuitive Energy Massage, and it's now a certification program, and I'm certifying other, I'm certifying healers to go out in the world and offer this, this energy healing that I've developed. And we're sitting in the conversation that we have at the beginning of the class, and this moment arose for a lot of us in the room, but for me especially, of remembering who I have been and really feeling her insecurities and her pain and her wounding and coming from where I am now and being able to visualize going back and scooping her up in a great huge hug and letting her know that everything was going to be okay. And and just like what's happening now where I'm getting an, I'm having this emotional response to this memory, this is what happened in front of my whole class. I burst into tears thinking about all the times in my life where I had let myself be really small and and wonder about my value and wonder about my worth and worked so hard to push through that and tried to show up in the world with a big smile on my face, even though my heart was breaking inside. Mm-hmm. And now being able to come from a place and saying, oh, honey, mm-hmm. oh, so it's okay. You're going to be okay. 
Mm-hmm. We're going to get through this together. And, and there will be a time when you stand up in front of a room full of people, 400 people, 600 people. You're on a stage and you're sharing how it's possible for them to do this too in whatever way is right for them. Coming from that place of just forgiving ourselves and, and not being so hard on ourselves and mm-hmm. recognizing that we've always just done the best we could under the circumstances with what we knew at the time. Yeah, you know, I love what you're talking about, Megan. And, you know, we're going to make sure that people know how to contact you directly here in a minute. But I went through a really tough time in my life, uh, you know, over the past 15 years since I started to do this. I got really, really sick. And Mm. as a result of getting really, really sick, Uh, For the first time in my life, I wasn't in control of my body as Mm. I had thought I had been all my life. And I didn't feel good about myself. And Mm -hmm. so I wasn't, you know, I didn't feel good about the partner I had at the time, nor the way they felt about me. And I was so depressed. I never shared it. I came on air, except for one day I said to Benny, I said, Benny, I really want to talk about depression. I really mm. want to talk about this. And I and I sent Benny, um, who, who's here with us today, I sent him a clip of how I felt. And what it was described in Megan was, I had taken the song by Radiohead called Creep. Now, mm. for those of you out there, if you don't know that song or you heard it on Glee, it's a song called, called Creep by Radiohead. And it talks about you're so special, someone else being so special, but I'm just a creep. Mm. And it's so described it, and I can't sing a lick. And I recorded that song and singing it. And, Mm. you know, for me, what I realized is we have to acknowledge the people that are not feeling great about themselves, Mm -hmm. only to say there's help. Mm -hmm. You're not alone. And isn't that the core essence of your work? At some level. Yes, absolutely. It is the reminder that we are not doing this alone, that we are actually never, ever alone. And part of that is actually us reaching out for that help when we when we need it. It's letting people know our story so that they can share their story and we can recognize that we're not the only ones going through whatever it is that we're going through. It's allowing ourselves to trust the process and also to trust that there will be somebody who will show up for us when we put the invitation out who is best suited to remind us of what we've forgotten Mm -hmm. that is our essence Mm -hmm. and I've worked with clients Pat who have been at that point of I'm done yeah I'm out of here yeah I'm only telling you I'm out of here because I'm out of here yeah well I mean look and I've worked with them back to a place of self-worth and self-knowing and that's what's important about today. How can mm-hmm. people call you, contact you, find out more about this? Because we're talking to the mass people about how to get help. How can they do that, Megan? And thank you for today. Oh, thank you, Pat. If if um, somebody feels like I'm a fit for them in the way that I show up in my work and in the world, email me at meganedge.ca. Go to the website, meganedge.ca. 
that's the best way to to find me. We also have a YouTube channel, and I've created tons and tons now of videos of my talks and of what we call workshop wisdoms. I think we had one today on the show, maybe, or if not, I'll put a link in for it, uh, talking about what we were talking about today. There's visualizations there. There's all kinds of things that you could start working with to to do some of what we've been talking about today, to remember who mm-hmm. you are. And then if you want to work with me directly, the, as I say, contact me through the website, contact me through LinkedIn, find me on Facebook. I'm, I'm all over the place. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. And for those of you out there, Benny, I hope you have the clip that I did of, uh, of, of creep by Radiohead. We'll post that too. Megan, thank you. Personal message. I think we have 10 seconds. What would you like to leave us with? Oh, I just want to remind everybody of how beautiful they are (laughs) right down to your very core and, and just to always let us see you. Don't hide behind the masks. Don't hide behind who you think you're supposed to be. Find out who you are and then let us see you. You've been listening to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show Network, providing you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. If you've missed any part of this episode or want to find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.